The opinions expressed on this podcast may or may not reflect the opinions of the host. He's so wishy-washy he'll believe this one day and that the other. Also, there's never any intent to hurt anyone's feelings or make anyone feel inferior or that they're stupid or wrong. If you feel that way, then... Get out of here. Um, there's nothing, nothing else to say. Let's move along. Get back to work, peasant. This podcast was produced under the authority of the podcast police, who may or may not have investigated the host and guests prior to broadcasting. Any unlawful statements will be investigated further and persecuted to the fullest extent of the podcast law. Well, whistle me, Dixie. Hey, 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 and welcome back to the VO Life. It's good to have everybody back. As you've all noticed, we're going through a pretty long series of interviews with some pretty influential folks, and we're talking to marketing people, and we've been talking to coaches, and today we get to go on to the audio side. I want to welcome Don Barnes this morning. Good morning. Hey, how you doing? Good to, good to talk to you. Well, it's good to be here. Don, are you a coffee drinker? I am. I a cold brew coffee every morning, uh, one cup and a hundred percent black, nothing else. Yep. And yep. I just recently transitioned to that approximately a year ago. Cold Turkey went from lots of cream, more cream than coffee to a hundred percent coffee, cold <laughs> brew and not, no additives. One, one cup a day. I, I'm still putting a little bit of the low fat, um, no sugar, uh, something cream in there just to, just so I can look at it and it looks a different color. It, I, I, I used to be, takes. my coffee just had to have a whiff. Like if it had been in the same room with coffee, I really liked the cream and the sugar mm -hmm. and, and, and it was in the same room, but I switched about a year and a half ago and just went cold Turkey, hundred percent cold. Right. <laughs> the, the reason I, I bring up coffee is I think audio and coffee are related and some people are going, what the heck are you talking about? And I said, you know, you really need to be sending uh, when you're sending off your auditions, I tell people sometimes you need that coffee with just just a little tiny bit of stuff in it, you know, yep. and, and there's so much overdoing. And we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, what I want to do is kind of ease into this from the thing of uh, you and I both have Facebook groups. We deal with with that kind of stuff. We see a lot of the same questions. Uh, you are now in in. Uh, in our group and you're catching stuff in there. And I'm so glad you're there because we needed, uh, you know, Uncle Roy's in there. He'll occasionally catch some stuff, but um, people need that outlet because I think the audio to a lot of people is the most intimidating thing. They may know how to, they may have went and got their performance coaching and they may have been getting their space together. But when they get into their audio, I hear more back and forth about audio than anything, even from some people that have been in this a while, they're all scared of it in a way. Yeah. What well, I'm amazed. I, there's a, there's a couple of people I know who have been in the business five years or more, and they're still messing with their audio, like trying this new plugin, trying this other thing. And I keep thinking, wow, you know, some of this stuff is settled science and it's not that hard. And I'm a performer first. So, I mean, we haven't talked about my backstory, but I started off as a musician and I, I look at this whole world as how do we allow your performance to work and how do we get the tech to fade in the background? And so I just shake my head sometimes when someone's complaining about all the editing they're doing or all the mouth noise reduction, taking out things, because I think, you know, there are ways to do that. My wife knows none of this stuff. My adult son's done 12,000 voiceovers. 
He doesn't even listen to his stuff in 80% of the cases these days. He does have some really high-end clients, major brand names, and he'll take a listen through those. But for 80% of the clients, he's got it down to such a, a system that he records it, punch and roll, he's got it down, and he won't even listen to it. And and he's been doing this for years, but when you do, you know, six, eight, 10,000 of something, you can get away with mm -hmm. that. So when people are agonizing about it, I sometimes am shaking my head thinking, if you only knew how easy it could be. Um, and as a musician, you know, I didn't want to set up drums, but I used to joke that I was half moving company, half musician. <laughs> people thought I had a yeah. side hustle going. And it was really that I was going and setting up drums all the time, you know, four or five days a week in different locations. And I had that down to a science to the point where my wife could come in. Uh, we both, we've been married 40 years and, and she would go to gigs occasionally and want to get out early. She could pack up all my drums because she knew my system. Mm -hmm. She didn't know why I put things the way I did, but I had a system to manage it all and everything had its place It, you know, so it just trying to find a system so that you don't have to think about that stuff. You don't need to think about that stuff. So that's my job is to help people get back to performing. And, uh, so I have a blast mm -hmm. doing it and most of them over time figure out some system. So you have to have a system. That's all. That's kind of my big, uh, ah. do the same thing every single time, figure it out. And there is, it is somewhat settled science. I can't believe people are still trying to figure mm -hmm. it out after all this time. Yeah. I can, I can see like, like over the weekend, I moved into a new area. Uh, okay. I, I went from a, a 42 inch by seven foot booth which mm -hmm. is right here beside me. And now all my computer and printer and everything's in there closed up. And I moved out to the larger seven foot by seven foot area. I can move around. Yeah. And, and I had to do some experimenting. I had to do some tweaking over the right. weekend to make sure it sounded just like it sounded in the other room. It was very little because I had the panels up. I had the walls treated. Uh, I had a, you know, new audio mute blankets over here to block uh, from, from going over to the house. And then there's like a half bath over there with double doors that knocks off more noise. Yep. There's another wooden sliding door behind that slide that shut that takes out all the house noise. Yeah. So sure. I had to do a tweak, but what did I do yesterday morning when I sat down in here and went back to work, just like I was in the other room, yeah. I know I've got my preset for auditions. I hit the button, I send it, I'm done. I, yeah. And just like you're talking about with your son, I'm not spending much time. I may play back eight seconds and just yeah. double check the level yeah. and maybe normalize and, and I'm done. Yeah. And that's the way it should be. Uh, you shouldn't have to fight and wrestle with this. So how can we get people to that point? Where do they need to start from day one to get to that point? And, and it's got to start with their space, I, I would say. Oh, absolutely. For, so it's, it's tweaking out our space. But to be honest with you, your, your question is, is even bigger than that they have to know it's possible. And first, when once they know it's possible that there are elite level uh, voiceover and narrators who are not spending time on their tech because it is something that's settled science in a, in a sense. And there's too much of my engineering peers that want to tweak every single thing for every single voice when the reality is that's not needed in 95% of the cases. That's only needed if you have a room that's extra, extra small or extra, extra big. Uh, there's a lot of, there's just a lot of tweaking around the edge. And there's a lot of my engineering friends that are making it overly complicated and acting like 
that we need to go in and do a special custom thing just for you, for your voice and your space when you don't need as much of that as many people think. Okay. Mm -hmm. You're not, so I'm, I, I'm much simpler than what most people are doing these days, but I have to admit, I've probably been doing it longer than most of them combined because I cut master records when I was a young guy. I worked in a recording studio when I was 19. I'm sitting next to Motown mastering engineers and they're teaching me how to listen and hear. And I get a, I get a funny feeling when I listen back to some of the stuff that some of my peers are putting out tech wise. And I think, I don't know, I don't think you hear as well as you think you do. And uh, I get frustrated by that because somebody new doesn't know who to trust. And the, <laughs> so there's two things. We tweak out our space. And then the secondary thing that we all have to do is find the few mentors that we're going to listen to. And for a period of time, whether that's six months to a year, listen to one guy, listen to Troy. I mean, I, I would be happier that they listen to somebody who is, and this is not you, but pick, pick Bob. I don't even know who, I don't know Bob. So listen to Bob. If Bob was successful, Bob had a bunch of things going and stick with Bob for three months, six months, and just ape what Bob's doing. Mm -hmm. But really the best thing is to find a good mentor and follow their lead rather than say, well, I'm just going to do it my way. Uh, that, that can work. You can succeed. I've seen people succeed doing the most bizarre things that, but I always think, Ooh, they don't know which jobs they didn't get, and they don't know which uh, clients listened to my sample and thought, well, I like his voice, but I certainly don't like this other stuff. And they don't call me up and go, well, I would use you if you would just fix your room or fix your this, or they just don't call me. So those people who have succeeded, sometimes I think, wow, you could have had twice as much business, but you didn't have a fundamental in place and you were listening you know, to a little too much crowdsourcing for my taste. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. It's very, very easy to be sucked into the group thing, the equipment, envy and all of that stuff. <laughs> it amazes me. Now, yes, um, would I say this 416 mic is something everyone could and should have. Yeah, I like them because I like the way they cancel things out. I like the way they're not overly sensitive. But you could give me a box full of interfaces, and I'm not going to sound that much different. Oh, you know? absolutely. I'm Matter just fact, not. I think the tech has gotten so good, and it, but it's like a lot of other things in life. Some of the things the tech has gotten so good that now the companies are competing on specs that won't make any difference to a single voice. Now, if you and I are gonna combine 15 tracks all together in one recording, then a cumulative effect could occur. But on one voice, we can get away now. There are interfaces for 150 bucks right now that I just, I look at them and I'm just blown away at how good they are. And they are beyond, I mean, if somebody has a, somebody's room is gonna be a bigger factor than that interface. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy. Mm -hmm. And the, and it's only gonna, going to get better when the companies are coming out with more and more bells and whistles, trying to convince you that you need to be recording at this ultra high. And they, it, it's, it's a little bit, it's a great marketing thing. And they compete on these numbers. You know, it's like saying, hey, my car, I mean, you, you would never have this, but my car does 235 miles per hour. And you go, okay, but I live in LA. 
<laughs> I'm, <laughs> right. I, I mean, I like having extra power so I can accelerate and get on the freeway. If a truck was coming, that's fair. I don't want to be just the minimalist. Mm -hmm. But as long as my car it has a reasonable amount of power and is reliable um, and is comfortable and safe, that's fine. I don't need a supercar to drive mm -hmm. around LA and be comfortable and get where I need to go. I just want something that's above average, comfortable, safe. But so there's this whole industry that's going on there trying to sell people some brand new Neumann interface. And I love Neumann mics and I love a bunch of this stuff, but it's a $1,500 interface. And I swear that I can put a, a, a $150 interface up against this $1,500. I'm tempted to buy it just so that I can do it. I think uh, my wife would go, really? You bought that and then you threw it away? Because it, it, it would, I could do an AP test, blind testing, and I guarantee you 99 out of 100 people, unless they're an engineer, unless they have a perfect room, would never know the difference between a good $150 interface versus this $1,500 interface. So mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. It's interesting and it's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. And I love that company, but right. nobody needs that. Not in our business. You could always get one at Sweetwater and send it back. <laughs> I thought of it. I thought Try of calling it. my rep and going, you know, hey, listen, here's my credit card. Here's $2,000. Just put that on hold. I'm going to buy it. I'm sending it back. And, you know, I'm just telling you mm -hmm. up front, I'm going to do that. I thought of it. So I yeah. may do that. Um, I have some That'd ideas. Be a great that test. I want to, I want to, I want to earn more this year so I can do stupid stuff like buy six interfaces uh, that I've paid for so that nobody can accuse me of, you know, well, they gave you those interfaces. So you're, of course you like them. It's like, no, right. I buy my interfaces. Right. Anyway. Yeah, I've got uh, the little uh, Audient ID4. It uh -huh. has it has carried me wonderfully for two yep. years. I bought a second one exactly like it, still Smart. in the box, and it's Smart. in the cabinet in case something happens because there's no difference. Um, one of the questions that I had is I, I recently, and I wish I had it here. I could hold it up and show you. I recently bought a little switch from Amazon where you could plug two mics in. Mm -hmm. And you can switch A and B from one mic to the other. I'm going to test it. I haven't done that yet versus going and buying an ID 14 or something to get the dual inputs. I want to test that. Um, the interfaces with dual inputs, is that really the main deal? Just where you can plug in two, two different mics at once and switch back and forth? Yeah, I like, and to be honest with you, I uh, nine out of ten times will recommend that someone buys a dual inter, a dual input one, a two two inputs. Mm -hmm. And part of it is that uh, I want to have the ability to switch mics if ever needed. Secondarily, rarely do the two internal preamps uh, fail at the same time. So it almost always gives me a way to test test a test a cable, test a mic uh, because I have two inputs. It can happen. The, a stage in that thing can fail and the whole thing's not worthless. But I've had so many cases where a single one has failed and the secondary one worked until they got a backup. Now, I love you, uh, man. I got to put that in there that you bought that you have your backup sitting there. Everybody should, by the time their interface is approximately two years old, have bought their next one, taken their current one and put it in backup status and used their new one as their primary and let it sit there. And yeah, it's 200 bucks. But you know, the one day that you have a job and your interface fails, like a refrigerator can fail, like I could get a flat tire, having that thing around just means you swap it out 10 minutes later, you're back up and running and you keep going and you make the money back. And everybody mm -hmm. who's in this business will have that flat tire syndrome where sure. something they've had that's worked every day will one day not work. Cables mm -hmm. fail, interfaces fail. Mics very, very rarely, but can, 
Um, or a computer fails. There's so many little moving parts here. Mm-hmm. The computer thing scares me to death more than any of them. I've got a backup. I, my mm-hmm. my first one that I bought uh, off the shelf, I used it for a year. It was still fine. And then I had a uh, quote unquote gaming PC built, you know, that's a little yep. more bells and whistles, a little stronger, quieter fan. Um, and, and it's, it's been great. I've had it a year, but the other one up here on the shelf waiting just in case. And yep. it's, it's, it's a clone to this one, uh, the day that it was taken out of service. So I know everything's there if I need it, but yeah, that's You're, the you, scary yeah, thing. We need everybody to be like you. Okay. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. a lot of people don't realize that they're like, I'm not a fan of laptops. I mean, but uh, it's crazy. The number of people that are using laptops for this business mm-hmm. and I'm not a fan of them for a couple reasons, but if you leave it in one spot, but then people are walking around with them one day, it'll happen. I don't plan on dropping my cell phone. I, to be honest with you, I really work hard. It's a thousand dollar piece of gear and people treat it as if it's nothing. But if you drop it, you know, you got to go buy another one. But anyway, laptops get dropped. If you knew how many calls I get over the course of a year where somebody's going, yeah, I remember you saying it would drop someday. And, and they said, I didn't drop it. My dog ran into the, you know, the, the counter and when the counter table and it fell off. I mean, sometimes it's not even them. They are careful. They don't drop it. But at some mm-hmm. point, the thing gets dropped. And if they don't have the appropriate backups, it's like, okay. Uh, and de- things can go wrong with the desktop too. But sure. it's much more stable and it's expandable and it costs less and, and, and. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually three deep when it comes to computer stuff. I've got a uh, Surface Pro that I use when I travel, and that is my third backup. <laughs> and uh, now when I started, I was like everybody else. You 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 know, this is a quote unquote hobby, and right. maybe you can't invest immediately. But as you get some work, think about that being some of the first things you should do is get your backups in place. Because as, as Don's saying, it only takes one time to lose a client. And, and it's real easy to do. And, and um, I do have to say, yeah, absolutely. When you first start, you start with whatever you have. That's mm-hmm. cool. Do it. And, I, and I'd rather see somebody start with a piece of, of equipment that's on its last leg that isn't working very well, that they can get something out the door and that they're doing something. And then, but just don't stay that way. What I really get bothered by is someone that's been around for a year, year and a half, and they're still rocking that, that the thing that's just duct taped together. Uh, that's fine to start though. I mean, I love mm-hmm. bootstrappers. I love people that are hard workers and that'll make something work that where mm-hmm. maybe it shouldn't have. That's cool. Uh, all day long, I'll support someone doing that. It's just, you can't stay there. That's really the, right. where I draw, right. kind of draw the line there. Let's, let's jump over change gears and, and talk about the dolls for just a minute, because you introduced me uh, to studio one a while back and, and I loved it by watching what you could do in it. Now, I started, I probably worked in Audacity for a month mm-hmm. and then the courses I was taking at the time and the people I were following, everybody was using Audition. I went that way. And then sure. of course, now every month I get that $23 and 85 cent bill. Um, I'm highly impressed with Studio One and I want to encourage people to go look at it, especially if you're fresh and new and you're just starting out because what I'm seeing with a lot of us, me included, once we get into something, we have a harder time getting out of it. Although we know we should, we won't make the time to go learn the new one. And I'm working on that now um, with Studio One. 
And of course, watching you do it, I was like, man, that's easy. That looks easy. And then a week later, I pull it up and I start doing something. I'm like, heck, I don't even know how to save the file. I don't even know. <laughs> and I was yeah, you know, not knowing what to do. And what we, what we don't know on the front end is, and, and I've heard you say this, they all produce a file and they're yeah. not going to sound any different. It's the ease of use. Yeah. And this, this software looks to me, once you get in the groove, very, very easy to use. Well, I, I look at it like great tools if I'm going to cook. Uh, if you have a great set of knives, you're probably not going to cut yourself. I'm not a great chef. I'm a great toast chef, by the way. i got to put that out there that if you, <laughs> if you ever see me make toast, you'd be really quite impressed. But, but what I do see is that if you're going to be a great chef, they do over time get their own set of knives. They, they, and almost anything. If I'm going to work on cars, it's nice to have a, a, power, a power drill. It's nice to have power tools for working on things. These are all just tools. I don't really care about Studio One directly, but I do look in the background at the development team, where are they going? How much are they investing in the product for future development? Is it easy to use? And a lot of the better tools, uh, if, I, if I were gonna be a woodworker and build cabinets and I get a new table saw, I have to learn how to use it. But if I use it well, I can build better cabinetry than I can do with hand tools. Now, it all can be done with hand tools. I can build amazing furniture. I can't, but somebody could. With, with whatever tools, they could do it all with hand tools. But if you get the good power tools, what happens is there's a minor investment up front to learn how to use those power tools. But once you do, you can crank out things at a much faster level. And I have that with a brad nailer. I bought a brad nailer when I was building one of Donnie's, my son's booths, and uh, I decided, oh, that would help me in a couple things that I wanted to do. Once I got it, I found, oh, there's these other six things I could do. And then I found projects around the house that the brad nailer was good for. And I ended up using this thing way more than I ever expected. And if you're so it's the same with the DAWs. At first, people just don't know what's going on in terms of how it would benefit them down the road. So they just keep doing what they're doing. The tendency is always to do what I've already done or what my best friend is doing, even if that's not a best practice. And something like Studio One, the more advanced DAWs, when you have your template in place, you do less work than the people in Audacity. You do less work than most of the people that are using Audition because your template has your tools pre-set up, just like if you get good knives for cooking, if you get a good convection oven, you can do some interesting things in terms of baking and cooking, but you know there's a there's an investment up front, and you have to learn to bake differently. We got a convection oven a few years ago, and it's like, oh, that cooks too faster than my old one. And we'll be right back with more of the Bo Life. I think he went to the outhouse for a minute, but he will be back. You've been in voiceover for a year or so, and your demo just isn't showcasing your voice. You've sort of outgrown it but you're not ready to pay for a pro demo just yet. It's the $5 Grande Nachos, only at Taco Bell. Well, I offer demo packages that are reasonable and have custom scripts based on your likes, so we get a demo that's about the things you believe in. No doubt, everyone loves Dr. Squatch, and they want to share it with everyone else. Just be cool about it. Like, don't share it in your bathtub. That's just awkward. No matter how close you and your neighbor are, don't do that. And then I help you through those reads and we get the best of those spots and create a really nice demo. Better music, better effects, better spots that are suited to your voice styling. From shady IPAs to box, we've got a beer for every spirit and every moment. 
Line and Kugel Brewery, Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. This is not a hotel. It's the idea that travel needs to be brilliant and spaces as expansive as your imagination and surprises that just keep pleasing you. Marriott, travel brilliantly. It's not a pro demo. Don't let me mislead you, but I guarantee it's a step up and a step forward. Visit my website, TroyHoldenVoices.com, for more information. You know, so you have to make some minor adjustments, and the norm is to keep going with what I've been doing. And I'm a musician. If there's one thing that helped me more in life than almost anything else is I had a mentor when I was 14. I got lucky. Um, I, I bought a drum set, and the guy happened to be a teacher as well. And he said, oh, I can give you lessons. And I started taking lessons. And four weeks later, he quit and he moved to L.A. and he actually uh, he, he he was one of the session drummers for the village people as his first gig here in L.A. I mean, he moved to L.A. and he, he was a great drummer. He was a great drummer in, in Detroit. I didn't know him very well. And when he moved, like the place where I was going and started taking lessons, my mom had been teaching, had been talking to the owner of this place called the drum shop. And they felt so bad that I started four weeks later, this guy moved to LA that they gave me to the best guy in the place, a Juilliard grad who is a Motown session player who, when I listen to old Stevie Wonder things, I hear my instructor, I go, oh, Gene Stewart, my Sharia Moore, he's got the bongo part, which is kind of iconic. Um, and I hear him on all these, these hits, but Gene was a big, he had gone to Juilliard, he's playing all this stuff. And he was the best thing ever happened in my life in terms of saying, look, I wanted to learn to play taking care of business. I was a young 14, 15 year old kid. Now, I don't know, but that some of my people will not know, take, go, go, go Google taking care of business. Okay. Just, you got to check that out. Document Turner Overdrive. Anyway, um, and he was like, I could teach you that, but I'm not going to. And I'm like, really? You're not going to teach me what I want to know? He's like, no, what I'm going to teach you to do is I'm going to teach you to play the instrument. So not only can you play that song, but you can play 400 other songs too. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I thought that was awful. I thought he was just a terrible person because he wanted to teach me some fundamentals that would help me across a range of things. Well, except for my mom talked me into staying because this place told my mom, don't let him quit this guy. This guy knows what he's doing at a level that your son does not understand me. And, and uh, it turned out that Gene Stewart was the best thing because I ended up two years later passing almost all my peers in high school. I was absolutely head and shoulders above my peers, not because I was special. But this guy made me do some things that I didn't want to do short term, which gave me tools to where I passed up so many people. Mm -hmm. It was crazy and set me on this path of, ooh, I got to find a good mentor. And I mean, I still do it today. I bought a, I just bought a course in dog training because I have a, a rehomed dog that he is awesome. And he is the biggest he's the biggest challenge I've had in my years with a dog because he comes with some great, great attributes. And we'll just say he has some bad habits because of his prior arrangement where he lived. Somebody passed away. He got passed off to somebody who really had the couldn't couldn't pay attention to him. And then we got him six months later. So he's just a bunch of bad habits and some and he's a great guy. Great dog. Great, great dog. But his owner, me, is not the best dog trainer in the world. 
So what did I do? I've now purchased the course. I'm going through it. It saved me so much time. I mean, there's mm -hmm. a couple little things mm -hmm. that have come up that I'm just like, wow. So yeah. all to say, it's if people would start with some of the more advanced tools, they would have two weeks where they would get less done. And then the rest of their career, they will get more done than a lot of their peers. And they can succeed doing any tool they want. But some of the more advanced tools have things like templates and they have the built-in tools to produce fully mastered audio on their first export without them knowing the details. Mm -hmm. And so you walk in and you perform and you don't have to worry about the details. So my wife just does not know what a compressor, she didn't even know what the compressor, like she, if you handed her, you know, and say, Hey, uh, we're going to take away, we're going to kill somebody. If, if you don't explain what this is, she's like, ah, shoot him. I don't need him. He, it's all working for me. Cool. I can do it without him because it's all set up. She doesn't know anything about it. She's never known what a compressor does or how it works. Once it's set up, she doesn't care. Right. Right. Yeah, it would be it would be uh, beneficial if we'd all get that attitude because we have enough to worry about. We're worrying about marketing, auditioning, getting jobs, getting rejected, you know, doing this, doing that. Wouldn't it be so much easier just like you said, just to come in, do your thing, push the button, I'm done. And, and I don't know why anyone would not want that. Well, I mean, I do understand, uh, you know, the dog training thing. I think, oh, I'm pretty good. At, you know, I've trained about four dogs over my lifetime, maybe five. This one's number six. And I know just enough to be dangerous, but I'm not great at it. And I had to humble myself and go, yeah, but I don't do this all the time. These guys, the guy that I happen to get could have been a gal, but the guy, he's trained 4,000 dogs and he did police dog training and military dog training. And mm -hmm. there are a couple of things that he said in the first couple of videos where there was one thing he said that I just realized ah, I've been doing that wrong for every one of my other dogs. And if I just that one little tip paid for the whole course, because my guy already is making progress. So there's payback from finding people that have already been on the path. And if you look at, I've got a, a super example. There's a guy, a gal named Maria McCann, and uh, she's in my, my podcast. I interviewed her, but she did 13 audiobooks in the first three months. Now she is a killer performer and these are eight to 10 hour audiobooks. This isn't, you know, mm -hmm. she is smoking this thing, but she really is a great actor. She's a great performer. She's lived here in the LA area. She's been performing for decades. She teaches auditioning, okay, to actors here in L.A. And so, but her tech stuff, she barely knows. I mean, she knows how to turn it on. She knows how to get her template up. And she's producing fully mastered stuff herself. No editor, no nobody else. And she's smoking it. And, she, and it's just the output that she can put out because she has the foundation there is just incredible. And she now has two major publishers that she's working with in less than a year. She's done more in a year than most narrators will accomplish in about three. And That's she fantastic. doesn't know anything about the tech. And That's she fantastic. Yeah. So, um, so uh, I'm going to, I'm, I'm kind of going to point the, the, the two kind of avenues here. You, you do a lot with, with RX. You're very familiar with isotope. And, and of course, you're very familiar with Studio One. So you can help people, even if they're not on Studio One, you can help them with the other side as well, oh, on yeah. the isotope well, side. Oh, and, and let's be, um, so RX is my baby and has been for over eight years. And I run the RX group and we've got 8,000 people. I'm also the grandfather of the mouthy clicker. It, it actually literally exists because of me. 
And uh, my wife, the problems I was having with my wife's voice, she's actually patient zero. The mouthy clicker was built with her voice originally. It was the first voice they used to figure out what was mouth noise versus what was dialogue. And that tool was built around my wife's voice first, my voice second, and then about a thousand other voices after that before it went live. I had a prototype of the voice declicker over 18 months before it was live that I was working with, but I actually talked to the developer and showed them what I was doing with RX. So yes, I can help people. It doesn't matter what DAW they're using. The RX side is straight. And I'm a student of DAWs, so I'm always studying. I It's funny. I could have started the Audacity group. When it started, I know Paul, the guy who did start it. We actually discussed who's going to start what group. And I was, I had been using Audacity for a couple of years at that point and really decided there's some things about it that I think another company who was getting paid to do their thing would do better. And I made a bet early on that, that Personas would do some things before it was as obvious to the rest of the world. And, uh, but I also know an awful lot. I, I just end up, I'm a, I'm a tech geek and I study. And he, the weird thing, I buy the courses from almost every other instructor, coach that do, that have these other dog classes. I go attend their classes. If they are doing a live class, um, I take their class because I wanna know what the state of the art is. And then I look at what the development team is doing, what that company is investing. You're using Audition, that's fine. I look at their dev team though and go, hey, uh, Adobe doesn't care about Audition anymore like they used to. They're not investing in it. It's not on their homepage. It's not on the Creative Cloud page. They don't think it's a revenue driver for them, so they don't feature it on their homepage. They don't feature it on the Creative Cloud page. It's not that you can't find it. It's just that it doesn't have priority. And so I'm looking at this stuff kind of from a different way, but I am always studying all the all the tools to see, is there something better? And I would switch. It's just uh, Studio One is the glue that holds together a hardware enterprise that's doing over $100 million a year. So they're willing to spend a couple million a year on their DAW development, and they're going in two directions at once that fascinates me. They keep adding little features, but they're trying to figure out ways to make it easier. And they're doing some things so you can customize it and hide things. And it's really mm -hmm. clever. And so, yeah, I'm I'm a student. So, yes, I get to help people. Man, I, you, you wouldn't believe how many Audacity and Audition and uh, Oaken Audio people that I assist because of my RX background. I'm a nutcase about that, but I know the guy who wrote the core of that program. And when I have a question, I can go and... Alexei, what, what, what's, what am I, what am I missing here? And he's, he's brutally honest with me. Well, you're, he, he's never said a bad word to me, but well, you're missing this and this and this and this. Right. He's willing to tell me straight up because he knows I want to know if I'm missing mm -hmm. something, mm -hmm. I want to know if, if I get a piece of audio that I can't figure something out, I just go to the developer and I don't bother him on the weekends, <laughs> but I do <laughs> go ahead and say, Hey, you know, this is not urgent. When you get a chance, can we talk about this? And I just have access. I build a network of people that know more than I do in a whole bunch of areas. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that was always my thing in the corporate world. I always tried to hire people smarter than I was. That way it made my job easier. Um, that always worked out and you surround yourself with good people. You learn from them and, and it works out. Uh, we want to give give you an opportunity to, to kind of hawk the wares and talk about how people can reach you, the different groups, 
um, the services you offer um, and the things that you that you do, because there's, you know, a lot of times in the groups, we just see that things are getting chimed in and talked about, but they may not realize there's courses. There's all kind of things out there that you have. And being in audio this long, and I love the fact you came out of the, the music side of it, because um, I, I believe that lends so much to the ear what you hear and what you are able to apply. So let them, let them know a little bit more about the courses and the offerings that you have. I currently have two courses, one for uh, RX that I call RX Jumpstart. I have Studio One Jumpstart. And those are designed for people that know nothing or people that know a lot, they'll get, but they're just paint by numbers where it's laid out from the beginning to end to make sure that they can make the most out of voiceover. It's focused on voiceover, but it's not focused on teaching somebody how to be an engineer. If someone wants to learn how to be an engineer, those are private sessions. And I did over a thousand, it was my son that pushed me to create courses. I had done over a thousand private sessions before I did any courses and I'd been doing privates for years. So coming from doing privates, I learned what worked, what didn't. And then I put together a couple courses and they're designed not to make you an expert at audio. They're designed to make you an expert at getting your audio done but not necessarily knowing every detail. Like a perfect example, you do not need to know how a compressor works to make good use of it if, because in my courses I have templates already pre-set up. So I have all the stuff, all the core stuff is already there. People don't have to understand. They actually could be recording on day one because the templates are there and getting great sounding stuff without having to know anything. So I have those two, I've got some others coming out this year. And then I run, I, I'm an admin and, and quite a few groups. My groups right now have over 30,000 members in them where I'm an admin. Now I can't, I don't pay attention to all of them every single day, but I am cycling through them. But I run uh, VO Tech Simplified. That one I'm actually most proud of recently because it's gone from zero to today, as of this recording, 2,300 people in less than four months. I've never seen a voiceover group grow from zero to 2,400 people in four months. Normally for me, that's like a two or three year build to get something to that level. I'm surprised. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but I've learned a lot. Of, and then, uh, I've got a studio one group. I had, there's an RX group just for voiceover. Okay. There's two RX groups out there. One of them handles music and a bunch of other things. And our 8,000 members are all voiceover focused, voiceover narration focused. So man, I learned a ton from these groups and they've been going on eight years. So I'm not, wow. you know, I'm, and I see all the stuff that works. And I see advice sometimes that I just shake my head and think, boy, you say that with such authority, but that, that, that does work in a specific case, but it's not, but it can't be generalized. And there's really, you know, crowdsourcing is the best thing in the world and the worst thing in the world in this yeah. business. I'm amazed yeah. at how it goes both ways. So I do have courses, but the bigger thing is, you know what? You have a problem. Get a hold of me. I, I do free Zoom sessions with people all the time to make sure that they're on the right path. Mm -hmm. And uh, mm -hmm. I can't help everybody, but I refer out to other people. If you came to me, for example, and you want to build a stack for audition, I'm going to send you to Uncle Roy. Mm -hmm. Now, I know as much I don't want. You know, we have parallel knowledge in how what's good recording. OK, he's a great mm -hmm. guy, too. Um, but I don't need to be an expert in everything. And he can do it at a lower cost, but he, he, he lives in that program. And, and I always think, Hey, find the specialists in these things. Right. And he's just, he's a nice guy. He does a great job. And so I refer work out to other people. So if there's an area that I don't know, 
then I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to do it. I just, I'll help you with what I can help with and what I can't. I'm going to get you to the best people possible because long-term I get so many people that started with one of these other products and end up doing with what I'm doing simply because I'm, I'm the most obnoxious in the space and will continue (laughs) to be. And, uh, so, you know, I also am on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my big push this year. I'm at uh, 5,000 connections there and I'm, I'm, I'm a people person first and I'm a performer first and a tech guy second. So it's about people first, getting our performance together and then getting the tech to fade in the background. And that's my music background coming in where sure, I'm good at setting up drums. I'm one of the best drum setter uppers in the world. When I was doing that full time, I really could set up a set of drums quickly, efficiently, uh, gracefully could teach you how to, I could have anybody, you know, my dog could set up my drums practically if he could, when he learned to read directions. because I set up processes so that it could be followed by anybody. And I do the same thing in the voiceover world. So uh, connect with me on Facebook, connect with me on LinkedIn. uh, And then, you know, I'm, I'm around all the time. Did that answer your question reasonably well? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that sounds a whole lot like uh, I worked for Nissan uh, in their plant in Smyrna, Tennessee for a long time. And one of the things they always emphasized was you have to have a robust, repeatable process yes. to have quality. And this yep. is no different. This is no different. And then yep. trust that process. That's all yep. you got to do is trust it. Well, it's not, am, it's not going to change. It, it shouldn't it, change. That's where I get frustrated. I mean, I do see somebody who's been in the business for five years and is still... And I, I understand that. I, I do want to upgrade. I'm constantly looking, could I get something better? But I think part of it is having recorded so long in traditional situations doing music in the past, you do realize after a point that sometimes things are different, but they're not necessarily better. Correct. And they're a place where now I'm putting emphasis and energy when that same amount of energy would have been a lot more effective if I had gone ahead and worked on my performance a little bit and worked on my emotional range rather than having a new mic past a certain point. I mean, I'm looking at your set, your setup's awesome. So you buying three new mics, uh, maybe you buy a $2,000 mic other than you might feel better. Uh, you know, that's cool. It's fun to have cool things, but Mm -hmm. it's not going to book you more work. It's not going to make you really sound better, but you may you may feel better about yourself on one level, but once you get past a certain point, it doesn't matter. So right. it doesn't right. help you book stuff. It doesn't help you earn more money. It's fun to have good gear though. I like, I, I buy a lot of crap, you know, yeah, buy as, a lot of stuff. as, as we sat here, I, I just got a message from a friend who, uh-huh. who, who said, Hey, did you see the cool new interface that was on so-and-so's podcast? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, sure. I saw it, but I, you know, it doesn't mean I need it or want it. It's not going to fix anything. So yep. no, I don't want, I don't need a sick another and it's $600. No, I don't need it. I'm good. And a lot of times what they're marketing now is something that if you and I were doing music production, then maybe there might be something there mm-hmm. for a music production situation. Mm-hmm. We're trying sure. to get a clean signal into the DAW and then the DAWs have the good tools to do the manipulation. And other than cutting out a little bit of background noise up front, if we have some low end rumble, mm-hmm. most people should just have a straight, clean, nice sounding thing going in. And we can take that raw and we can turn it into anything easily mm-hmm. because the tools have gotten so good in the DAWs these days. It's right. incredible right. what we can do. So yeah, another interface. The funny thing is if we AB them 
and blind test them and and just let you hear both of them, most people will never know the difference between a $600 interface and a $1,500 interface. And frankly, a, one of the better $200 interface. It is tough on the low end though, because there are some $150, $200 interfaces that I think, eh, especially if they go to an older one. You need, mm -hmm. if you're going to go inexpensive, be sure it's a very current generation and that those people are really good at the drivers and some other things. Right. Because at the very low end, you can get garbage or you can get some really amazing stuff. But that's true of a lot of things in life. Uh, at the low end, you really, it, it depends on the company behind it and what they're right. doing and their big picture stuff. Right. Absolutely. Well, Don, I don't want to keep you any longer. Um, uh, I, I hope this was a lot of good information. We kind of jumped from here to there and everywhere. But what I want people to hear is there's a there's a ton of knowledge right here. If you need this this type of help, uh, Don would be great help for you. If you have not yet d uh, dove into a certain DAW, uh, Studio One is a wonderful wonderful tool. Uh, I am working in the background to learn it and play with it. I'm probably going to buy your course just to help me along. And, and, and what I've dedicated to is I'm just going to take about an hour each day in the middle of the day and say, I'm going to work on this for an hour. Don't bother me. Everybody leave me alone. Just let me have an hour and just start playing with it and, uh, and get it there. Because like some other people, why should I spend 20 something dollars a month when I can buy this and have it outright? for a lot less money and be done with it. And, and it's a better tool or, you know, and, and I do like what you're saying about Adobe does not really focus on it anymore. You can see that you don't see many upgrades and changes. It's a great program for me right now. I'm quick mm -hmm. in it. I can yep. edit quick. I can get my stuff out. There's no complaints, but I also know, you know, uh, that studio one is a tool that when I watch someone else use it, I'm like, wow, that's fantastic. So, and I reach. think what you're going to be really impressed is that uh, you don't need to spend an hour a day. Like most people, I could have you set up in an hour where you're doing all. You could record in it and and kick out great stuff immediately, and it doesn't take very long. It takes a lot less time. The biggest thing is a decision, but that's the same about me fi fixing a project around the house. I hem and haw about. I've got a fan in one of my bathrooms that I think, all right, I got to hire someone to fix that, or I have to fix it. But, you know, it's more the, uh, you know, where do, do I, right. which one do I want to get? And I hem and haw about it. And then when I do it, I start the project and do it. I'm like, I could have done that a month ago. Right. Uh, I didn't, right. but I could. So I totally understand we're all in that same thing where change by itself is difficult. I'm working this year on being more visible so people start off stronger. But even mm -hmm. if they're using something else, the switch pays for itself. And it's $80 one time to have Studio One. But it's not just that. I would, I would gladly pay the subscription fee for Audition if it were, were going to be a better solution over time. Mm -hmm. I'm not opposed mm -hmm. to that. I don't, you know, whatever. They deserve, what, they deserve the money that they charge for it. It's just that I look at it and where they're going and I look at, okay, what is our task here? And it's actually easier using this tool. So mm -hmm. that at the end of the day, the quality's there. The ease of use is even better, and there's more drag and drop shortcuts. You'll just you'll kind of be blown away on that one. So anyway, yeah, yeah, uh, fantastic. Whether someone does that, if I can help with RX, if or I end up helping people on Audacity. I spent you know an hour yesterday working with someone on an Audacity issue, and I never said a word about Studio One to them because mm -hmm. I know this one little fact. 
I don't need to push it anymore. And I don't need to sell it to people because we've got the results. We've got the numbers. It's crazy. There is a dedicated Studio One group and it has like 4,000 people in it. It's about the same number as the Audacity group. And the dirty secret is a third of those people that are still in the Audacity group have switched to something else. And that's free. They have had to pay for Audition. They've had to pay for Studio One. They've had to pay for Reaper. They still are f officially in the Audacity group. But these mm -hmm. other groups are, you know, as big or matching the Studio One group anyway, it matches the Audacity group in size. Right. But it, but there are more people making more money in the Studio One group. So anyway, yeah, a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff, Don. I appreciate your time. Uh, this has been great. A lot of information. I know everybody's going to enjoy it, and they're going to put this information to good use. I hope, yep. and especially the part about stop overthinking all this. It's yeah, not this performance hard. is key. That's right. That's I want right. to be like Charles. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Don. Appreciate it. You have a good day. I'll talk to you later. See ya. This was the VO Life. It's over. For now. Yay! Oh, aren't you all so glad? This has been the VO Life with Troy Holden on Spotify, Apple, Google, and more.